0: You're listening to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile hustlers from all over the world as they go through the climb and seek to make a difference. Here are your hosts, Tayo Roxon and Carlos Gill.
1: Welcome everybody to Hustle Culture. And today, our guest is Anna Hendricks. But before before we get started, I, I would like to, to take a moment to to recognize what's been going on in the world this past week, you know, we've had several incidents uh, yesterday. We had the bombing in Paris, um, you know, an act of census violence. We also had two days prior to that, a bombing in Beirut, Lebanon. And prior to that, there was a bombing in a, fu- uh, in a funeral in Baghdad. And, we, you know, we want to send out condolences to all the, the victims, and people who have been affected by this. And, um, you know, it's a uh, it's very sad when you wake up and you see things like this happening and uh you know families reeling from this so we want to say our thoughts are with you and we definitely will be keeping you in our prayers um uh Lose, i know you wanted to say something about this as well
2: yeah definitely very sad situation happening in uh in paris over the last couple of days uh sending you know on tayo said you know we're as a show Uh, We're saying our thoughts and uh, prayers out to all the victims and all the families. And uh, hey, you know what? Uh, We're looking forward to having our guests. We don't want this to be a, a somber start, but we definitely did want to acknowledge it. So we're back here on Hustle Culture with another episode. We have a great guest joining us today. She is Miss Anna Hendricks founder and president of Arch Digital Agency, and we're really excited to have you here with us today. So welcome to Hustle Culture, Anna.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, love <laughs> you both and thrilled to be here. And I've definitely, I was actually thinking this morning that that we should either recognize or take a moment of silence or something. So I'm glad that that you all took that initiative and thank you very much. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, no, it's it's been a you know, a tough few days for people in the world, but I'm sure we'll defeat it and good will conquer. Absolutely. So, as as we always do, we always start this, uh, Los. I don't know if you're still there, but we always start this with our weekly grind, and mm-hmm. basically it's us covering what we did in the week, how we decided to hustle, and what we worked on. And um, I don't know if Carlos can hear me at all, but we're starting to incorporate our guests into this, so we want to ask you first since you are the lady. And we are gentlemen here. <laughs> we want you to talk about <laughs> your weekly your weekly grind and uh, you know how it was for you basically and what you worked on.
0: My weekly grind, so uh, I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks this here, but this week is like this whole year has absolutely flown. I can't believe that we're almost like middle towards the end of November and then December, and then we're gonna be in a whole new year. But um, this week, the, the major hustle was for a project that I'm collaborating with, uh, my agency's collaborating with um, next week in Minneapolis. Uh, it's, it's for mentor mates and it is a tech conference called MobCom. Um, actually gonna be working with Ryan Pena. We're going to be rocking it out online. Uh, we've really been working hard behind the scenes. To just bring together that something going that's going to be really different uh, for a tech conference. We're going to be doing doing lots of periscopes labs. We're going to be interviewing folks uh, and Ryan and I are just total goofballs. So we're going to be having a great time in the midst of it. Uh, Mobcon is a, a very special tech conference, not just because of the caliber of folks who are going to be presenting there. But in addition, It's like one of the first tech conferences where the male to female speaking ratio is 50-50, which I think is pretty awesome. Uh, Typically, there's about 20 to 30 percent of female speakers, which I didn't realize it was that low. So um, I'm I'm amped to be there. I'm excited for that. And that's what that's what basically all of this week's work has been about. So it sounds like
2: a busy week. Yeah, I also do want to call out that Mr. Sean Purry, CEO of Blab, he's also scheduled to speak at the event as well, right?
0: He's not just going to be speaking; we're going to be hooking up Blab style with him.
2: Uh oh. Okay.
0: Going to be doing some like sports commentator panels and some fun stuff. So he's he's been awesome, actually. Um, You know, I think uh, typically when folks come in to speak, they kind of like jump in to speak and then jump back out. Um, But he's really willing to just kind of. You know, take on the the live streaming fun with Ryan and I, and and interview some folks and use his platform. So, we're excited for that.
1: We've got a question in the audience from our longtime supporter, Roberta Blake. When exactly is MobCon?
0: MobCon starts next Tuesday. I'll grab that website uh, for y'all so we can share it real quick. Uh, it's going to okay. be in Minneapolis. Here you go and okay. well, uh you- if you use if, if you're in that area and you want to go or you know someone who does you can use um twitter guests uh and that will get you 20 percent off
1: Woohoo! oh Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well
1: there, there you go um to to you know that's that sounds like a busy week my week as well was also client related i had uh we implemented a few things and one of the people i was working with we were testing conversion rates with uh, a company in Nigeria. So that went live, uh, some early positive results, so that's good. And then I also hustled my way into another meeting with a potential client and I basically pitched myself and they they came back at me with uh, to come back with a proposal. So that's what I've been working on for oh. the last week. It's been trying to get a proposal and then in while working and doing the podcast, as you know, I do another podcast. so. It's been a lot of back and forth. I interviewed my dad uh, f- for an upcoming episode and I interviewed a-, a lady from Australia that hosts one of the largest travel blogs. So it's been time zones and back and forth. But it, it does feel like it goes by because I felt like yesterday we were just recording <laughs> the last also culture. Now we're here. <laughs> so it- it's definitely been a, a-, a week of grind. Uh, but you know, it's part of what we do. That's why we call it hustle culture. So. That's my and
2: other pod Tyle's other podcast is called As Told by Nobads. So make sure you check yes. it out on iTunes.
1: Yes. You plug
0: plug, plug, plug. <laughs> check out the family episodes one hundred and what your dad's gonna be like one oh one.
1: Yeah, my well my dad's he had a. he got sick, so we couldn't do the one oh one, but he's coming in is one oh four or something like that. But um okay. I'm editing his podcast right after this. But yeah, he's coming up soon. Yeah. Los, it's up to you now. I mean, you got to you got to come in close.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I talk about this every week in terms of my hustle. It's it's constantly a balancing act. Right. Because I, I do work a corporate full time job. And then not only uh, do I do hustle culture with Utah on Saturdays, but I also do social 545 with Saba on, on Thursdays at 545. Uh, but no, I actually had an opportunity to go down to LA uh, a couple days ago to keynote at an event that was hosted by Sprinkler at Honda's Woo-hoo! corporate office. And yeah, man, really had a really good time. Was talking about employee advocacy to uh, to a room of brand marketers. And I, I tell you, my favorite part about traveling for work—it's it, not so much the fun part of speaking at events, but it's actually the one-on-one interaction. That I have with folks. So I was in market in LA, had an opportunity to connect with Audrey Bellis, who we had here on the show previously. Had a chance to connect with Saba, and then another good friend of mine, Leo Marquez, who you know he's he's a big fan of the show, and you know just really a solid friend. So anytime I have an opportunity to go out to another city outside where I live, I love just being able to connect one on one offline. You know that tile because we hung out earlier this year in New York. We did, yes, we did. And you and
1: Anna also did. recently hung out in New York. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I mean New York. New York is the common denominator in, in, in that. So that's basically telling you all to move to New York. But um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, well, no, it's good, man. New Cross New <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, definitely. You, know, you were downplaying it, but you keynoted. Uh, you keynoted at a hundred event. That's a big deal. That's part of the the hustle. So uh, you know, I want to congratulate you on that. Thank you, my man. And uh, yeah, and continuing to meet other other guests. So we're doing that. So um that's our weekly grind and Anna, you know what we do we are hustlers and then we like to start off with our hustlers journey but in your case since we both know you we've known a lot about your story we want you to give us a a brief background about you know the hustler journey from you know university to starting your company and then from starting your company to evolving and shifting because you've had several Pivots in your life, but we want you to start from your, you know, post high school.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I have to say that uh, first of all, I think it all really begins with family. Um, you know, even though it's 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 pre high school, uh, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, and that has played such a huge role in not only my personality but certain, certainly certainly in my life direction. Um, and when I say entrepreneurs, I mean like everyone's an entrepreneur basically, um, on both sides of my family. Um, my siblings do have nine to five jobs. They actually have small businesses on the side as well. So we're all, you know, it's, it's just kind of been bred into me. Um, past high school, high school, I really didn't attend. Didn't really go. wasn't really my thing. Um,
1: (laughs) wait, 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 What? you didn't go to high school?
0: I did go to high school, but as little as possible. Um, I was just okay. kind of one of those kids that I didn't feel like the lessons that we were learning in high school were really going to help me in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, I never missed English and I always went to journalism because I love to write. Um, and I think that that's very important. But uh, at the same time, you know, there was just a lot of stuff that just wasn't resonating with me at the time. I was asking a lot bigger questions and the high school, you know, school culture just didn't really align with who I was as a person. Um, So after high school, uh, instead of enrolling in a college like most folks, I took off traveling and I traveled for years, Um, lived all over the US, uh, lived all over Latin America, uh, got my English teaching degree so that I could make some money on the road. Um, taught English to kindergartners, to seniors, to all kinds of people, um, lived all over the place, and uh, in the mid-20s, finally decided that I was ready to go to college, and I always knew that I would, um, but I wasn't about to spend the time or the money unless I knew what I was going to go for, unless I knew I was going to be passionate about it, so uh, I was fortunate enough to be accepted into the number one journalism program in the nation at UNC Chapel Hill. And I always joke, I'm like, I don't know how they let me in, but I didn't ask any questions. I just showed up. And up until that point in my life, that was the hardest that I worked for anything. Um, That school definitely taught me a lot of skills, skills I use every day, taught me um, and not just personal skills, you know, whether it's organization, whether it's, you know, putting yourself in a routine, whether it's being able to take 30 uh, 30 minute naps, uh, all the way up to learning how to design, you know, it's where I found those social media, uh, those sorts of things. So I, I graduated in 2011, and went to work at a marketing agency as an interactive designer. Uh, worked on some insane campaigns there, uh, did Eva Longoria's, even More Perfume Shoe, National Geographic, Wolf Puck, Angry Birds, awesome things, and um, and that didn't go too well. I ended up getting fired, uh, and that was really what catapulted me into starting my own business. So I launched nice. my business in June 2012. That is so condensed. I'm quite proud of myself, actually.
2: So, you, you know, Anna, I think you have a really relatable story, right? And I'm not sure if the, the high school thing is just a product of being a 90s kid, because like you, I'm a 90s kid. You know, we've talked about this. We're right around the same age. So yeah. I think a lot of us go through that in high school where we're trying to discover ourselves, right? And. You've got this person that's just talking to you and talking to you, and you're trying to make that connection. How is this person really going to help me when I get out of this place? So I can definitely relate to that. So you know, you talked about that pivotal moment in your life, and perhaps you can expand a little bit more about that. You're working in corporate America. Things don't go so well. You decided at that point it was time for you to go off and start up your own business. Talk to us a little bit about just what went into that. What, what made you decide at that moment? that you weren't going to pursue a career anymore working for the man, but instead you were essentially going to be the man or in this case, the woman, and you were going to start up your own business.
0: Well, I, I, again, I think it goes back to just my family and the way I was brought up. I always knew at some point in time I would work for myself, um, throughout the years, you know, growing up, uh, having different jobs, you know, when you grow up in businesses and you grow up seeing your parents uh, work hard and the struggles and the decisions they have to make, you're not really living in any kind of like idealistic world about how hard it's going to be to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it also really kind of just gave me this innate ability to understand business. And mm-hmm. so I would walk into jobs and it would be like, it was only a matter of time before I would understand what was going on, and I would be able to see all of the missing links or see, you know, all the efficiencies um, and and want to fix all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I remember walking in uh, to my first night at a an restaurant, and uh, the waitressing station was just a and And by the end of my first night, I had completely reorganized it from top to bottom. Um, and, of course... <laughs> <laughs> Of course, this either made me the, the favorite employee or the least favorite employee, depending upon who I was working for. Um, the, the girls I was working with at that point in time definitely thought I was crazy. That was not a situation that went in my favor. Um, but you know, when I actually got into this, this marketing position, this was like my first kind of, uh, it was definitely my first position after school. And you know, it was really kind of a step towards me making a, a defined step for my future. You know, everything up until that point kind of been just in terms of like development of self, development of my skills, those sorts of things. You got to make money to pay rent, or because I want to go traveling here or there. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just, it, <laughs> it was a train wreck for me. Uh, all of a sudden, um, I was the only girl who was working at this agency. Um, there were, you know, two women in management, but they weren't. I didn't interact with them very often. Um, and I've always worked with like mostly male teams. I've grown up with guys, so I'm very comfortable around guys. Uh, but all of a sudden, it was um, nobody was interested in my opinion, and and no one listened to me. And I, I would go to the restroom and there was like, it was full of like Max and Magans. And, um, and there were so many like inefficiencies with how the business itself was run. Uh, and no one was fixing it. And the leaders who were in place um, weren't me. And it drove me nuts. And it drove me nuts because, I mean, like so many days I would come to work and I'd be like, all right, you know, like, what are, what are we going to do today? And And they'd be like, it's a, it's a chill day. You can play online, you know, you can like hang out on Facebook. And I'm like, dude, I, (laughs) I got up, I got dressed. I took a shower. I'm, I want to work, you know? And I just didn't understand it. And it was really frustrating for me. So when I was fired, they, they fired me because (laughs) I was intimidating the marketing staff, um, guys. And, uh, Hmm. it was, you know, So it was a really hard thing at the time because I stood very much that my frustration had, had been coming out in my work environment. Um, But at the same time, it was, it was because I wanted things to, to go well. You know, I was like, again, I was stepping into that role of just wanting to do it myself and want to make it better. Um, So after I was, uh, after I was fired, I think it took me about two days where it was just like, you know, and, and some feedback from my family It was like, OK, I, I think that I think that, I'm, that I just do it myself because I'm going to invest in me. I'm going to be I'm going to freaking work hard every day. Um, you know, I'm going to do the things that that I'm expecting others to do that I will probably only be the one to do, you know, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Huh. You know, sounds to me know, like you've got a lot of um, ideals, you know, a lot of ideology that you, you go by. You have this standard that you like to have and you were, you know, you said you were being seen as an intimidating person. But, you know, I, what I heard a lot of times was maybe a lot of issues that women, strong women face in the workplace. Do you want to maybe expand on that and talk about, you know, why you felt you had to be firm on your values and why you felt that was not receptive in the workplace?
0: Well, I think at that time, um, I think at that time, I didn't really understand. I knew that all of a sudden, there was like this male female divide, which was really interesting to me, because like I said, I, I had worked on all male teams. Um, but like the, the big job that I'd had, I guess, that was a mostly all male team was when I worked for AT&T. Um, and so I was part of a sales team. And I came in and I was at the very bottom, but it wasn't long until I was at the very top. And, you know, so I was able to, to, to show just through work that, that I could be, you know, an equal or at that level, or, you know what I mean? Like when we'd send out the bragging emails throughout the week, it was, you know, they call me superwoman and stuff was cool. But so I, I never saw this like male, female divide. And it was just really, it was really interesting to me because I hadn't, dealt with that before. And I had always heard about, you know, what women deal with in the workplace and those sorts of things. But I hadn't seen that in, in reality, I hadn't, you know, witnessed that. So it was very mind blowing for me. I mean, I'm, I am like, uh, all of a sudden I I was going to have a female at work to be like, so look at my new nail polish with, because nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody, like it was, no one wanted to listen to me. No one wanted to interact with me. They just wanted... It was like, you know, it was like hanging out in a frat house. Um, but not. not.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we just lost time. You know, so,
2: yeah, yeah. He he just jumped off. He'll probably be right back on. So, you know, Anna, let's, let's kind of keep that conversation going around... Being a woman in the workplace, and this is just such a relevant topic, and I was actually having a conversation with my good friend, uh, Audrey Bellis, about this a couple days ago, in which women today, they feel that they have to compete and work so much harder than the male in the workforce. Um, Would you say that that's a, a reality or... Um is it really a myth? And how would you recommend that women overcome obstacles in the workplace or with their business?
0: Well you know, I think the thing is is that first of all, uh how how we look at life is is a choice. Our perspective is everything, you know, how we how we want to choose to look at things. Um while I, I do Definitely and completely agree that there is a difference between men and women in the workplace. It's not something I want to focus on. It's not something I want to pay so much attention to that it distracts me from what's most important. And that's being the best person that I can be. Um, I don't look at myself necessarily. I, I don't, I guess I don't want to put that divide up, you know, because men and women need each other. Men and women work very, very, very well together. There are some things that women do great, some things that men do great. And, you know, the, the bigger, the bigger picture is we need to figure out how the we can all work together and, and what the best thing to do is with that. In terms of if women have to work harder than men, I would, I would I wouldn't necessarily say that women have to work harder than men. I think that women have to work smarter than men. Mm-hmm. And by smarter, I mean that um, that women don't just like, I'm not a man, so I can't talk about it from a man's perspective. But from my perspective, I see a man, a man comes to work, a man does his job, he gives his opinion, he says what he thinks, he talks about that, that's, you know, pushed around the table that's taken as is. A woman comes to work, you know, she needs to be aware of, of how she presents herself, what she looks like. Then she needs to be aware of how she speaks. What's the tone of her voice. You know, how is she communicating um, with men and with women? Uh, I love, you know, Tayo turned me back on to uh, Sheryl Sandberg. Um, this is actually the last time I was in New York. And I had started reading Lean In, um, but I had gotten, I get caught up in like history and like fun books. Um, But I'd gone back to this book and I've really been enjoying it. And she says something in the book that really kind of, you know, sat with me, just was just like, wow. And she said, (laughs) women, successful women, aren't just disliked by men more easily, but they're also disliked by women more easily. Um, and that was that was really heavy for me to hear, because it 's really true you know the the more the more a woman knows what she wants, the more a woman is confident with who she is, the more problems she has and that's that sucks you know what I mean um that's kind of hard because you know there was a period of my life where I was spending a lot of time around male entrepreneurs, and uh, they would call me bossy. When I was just being very straightforward and I'm like, you wouldn't call me bossy if I was a guy, you would respect me because I know what I want. Um, and so I think that that's kind of the big difference. You know, women um, and especially strong women have to be very aware of, of our perception of how we ask people to do things. And, and I'd love to say that it's just with men, but it's definitely not because it's absolutely with women too. The thing is, is like once a woman shows that she can hang with the guys at work, then they start treating her like a guy, which feels awkward. So then you're not really sure of where you stand, but then women in addition start treating Mm -hmm. you as someone that they can't relate to. So it's like this very complex situation. Um, that's very interesting as well. Um, yeah, no, it,
2: it, it sure is. And you know, let's let's stay on this topic. So you run now a digital marketing agency, Arch, and we're definitely going to get to to talk about how you started Arch and the climb through Arch. But let's stay on topic. You predominantly have men working for your agency. So tell us behind <laughs> that rationale. Does that stem from the experience that you're speaking about?
0: Uh, you know, I, people are all, even my dad's like, Anna, why don't you get a girl on your team? <laughs> um, and I would love to, but you know, uh, I would love to have someone who's as equally anal about details as I am. Um, or you know what I mean? Can, can relate with me on some of the things that guys can't. But the truth is I hire and work with talent on, with skills, with with people who have the same ethics, and the same values when they approach work, not based on sex. Um, and I would love to have a girl on my team. But how I actually, you know, started my agency and the things that I pulled together, the guys that are on my team I've known for years. Um, mm-hmm. They were my friends first and foremost. They're people I trust. And they're people that rock out, you know, what they do on the side. So I'm going to work and be surrounded by the best um, that I can. And if I meet a woman who, you know, I haven't uh, pulled anyone new on my team for some while, but if, if it happens to be a woman, I'd be thrilled, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cause it's, it's definitely, you know, managing a team of guys is, is uh, it's, you could write a book on, on just that, you know, um,
2: what, what would be in the book? Tell us, tell us the top three things about managing guys,
0: how to talk to them. Okay. Um, I think the biggest thing, and let's not do three because (laughs) that's just
2: not, (laughs) (laughs) that's a short book then.
0: (laughs) Well, but I think it's because it's a huge subject and that is the, uh, the, the, the importance of the male ego, right? Because mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier, I really strongly believe that men and women should work together. There are things that men do that are extremely, that, that women need, mm-hmm. vice versa. You know, we, we should be a team for a reason. Um, and I think that, that in that, women need to understand that when they're working with men, they need to give men their place, they need to give men their voice, they don't need to try and overtake that or overcome that. Or, you know, I see some women in like executive positions and man, there's like nothing feminine about them. It's like you join the guy club too, you know, like, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. remain a woman, you know, stay in your womanhood, be confident enough in, in your, in yourself to let a man be a man. Um, And it's really kind of the dynamics that you see in, in romantic relationships, right? It's like, a woman needs to, you know, understand her place. Uh, we, we all have our places in relationships. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we could talk about that for a while.
2: <laughs> that could be that could be a completely episode
1: altogether. Yeah, really good. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I just want to,
2: so. Anna, before to we get to, to our next question, I just want to say thank you to all of our guests watching us here on Blab. We are on the number one spot on the homepage right now, so thanks to all of you that are watching us. You're watching Hustle Culture Live with our guest Anna Hendricks, founder and president of Arch Digital Agency. We're talking about her hustle. We're talking about her coming up and transitioning from a corporate job in marketing over to running her own agency. And you know, part of your story, Anna, is you spent some time living overseas. You moved over to Vietnam. You spent some time over there on a sabbatical, if you will. Tell us what was that experience like, and what did you learn from it?
0: Well uh, I spent uh, almost a year in Vietnam, but I had lived outside of the u s multiple times um, in different in different countries as well. Um, I think that that we could spend multiple shows just solely talking about Vietnam. Vietnam was a a very like kind of defining time in my life. So um, I think that probably what's most important for the purpose of this show would be that uh, it was a definitive time in my professional life. You know, I originally started my agency so that I could be free to travel because I've always loved traveling. Um, And so about a year and a half into having my agency, I was at a place where I was having to turn away clients because I was so busy. Um, I I had reached that roof and I didn't know what the next thing was for me, but I know I wanted to challenge myself. Uh, I had gotten too comfortable and I don't like getting too comfortable in my life. Um, so I decided to go to Vietnam and, um, I went there specifically because they're very friendly with social media, um, and they're very progressive for Southeast Asia. So I knew that I would be walking into a place where I could find internet easily, where I could do my job easily and all of those things. Um, and of course, when I made the decision, I didn't take into account time zones, (laughs) Little. little bit of like an enormous thing there. You know, instead of like starting small like, oh, okay, let's go down to Latin America, I go to the other side of the world. So, um, went to Vietnam and and worked really hard. Um and uh but within a couple of months I started losing clients. And, you know, they they would tell me they they loved working with me, but I just wasn't accessible enough for them you know they couldn't just pick up the phone and call me or they couldn't you know whatever it was communicate with me um which i didn't understand at the time because i was i felt bending over backwards you know i was taking calls at like midnight one o'clock 2 a.m um just take care of them but it was funny because after i moved back i was actually working with a videographer over there and i got to see it from from their side of the story and it was very frustrating and and i understood um but i saw my business just dwindling and dwindling quickly and i didn't know what i was going to do i didn't know uh what the next step was going to be for me um 2014 was a huge year for social media because that was the year uh that social media really started maturing and, and really started becoming kind of like this beast of an industry. You know, like back in 2012, uh, when I started my business, um, yeah, you could stay on top of, of multiple, multiple social media in, you know, networks at one time and, and have a life and, you know, stay educated and all of those things. But all of a sudden, you know, I mean like Facebook, just take Facebook, Facebook mm-hmm. marketing and Facebook ads are two completely different industries. Um, and, and I saw all of these people branching out, niching out, choosing to become, you know, an expert here or focus on this there. And I didn't really want to choose one. So I didn't know what I was going to do though. Um, because my business was falling apart and, um, mm. I was mm. surrounded by, um, uh, by a lot of entrepreneurs, um, who were wanting me to go in other directions. Uh, they were saying, Oh, what, well, you know, what if you started this e-commerce business or this, um, drop shipping business or all of these other things? And I'd get excited for a minute and then be like, wait a minute, what, what was my goal? What, what am I doing? And, um, and I can, of, you know, I, I kept coming back to that. So it was an extremely depressing uh, time in my life. Uh, not only was my business falling apart, but my health was absolutely deteriorating. Um, all of a sudden, I was uh, my stomach was I would get so nauseous. I'd be in bed for days at a time, spending a lot of time in the bathroom. Maybe that's too much TMI, but um, I was legit sick. Like
2: it's a part of your story.
0: It's, it is very much a part of my story. I was very, very, very sick. Um, I actually thought I had colon cancer at one point in time. And um, I was very far away from friends and family, from anyone I really knew or trusted. And uh, it, was, it was very, very difficult. Uh, it's definitely a time in my life where um, I, I really started leaning on my faith the most. Mm. And it became such a crucial time in my life because it taught me to, to really sustain on my own and to sustain through my faith. And um, I had, you know, post-its covering my walls with affirmations, with quotes, with verses, with things that would uplift me and keep me going and keep me waking up in the morning. Um. And really, through all of that, I uh, was was really just given this idea to bring together um, bring together a group of, of friends, like I was talking about earlier, the guys who are on my team, and I knew that you know this would be a way to take my business to the next level. Um, but I have to I have to say that in, in terms of like where my business direction was at that um, I had, I, I I remember the morning specifically, I had really reached the lowest of low and I I was I had just gotten sick again. I had, uh, uh, my, my legs were very swollen. I was in a lot of pain. I was extremely nauseous and I was so depressed and very alone. And I just thought, I'm just going to stay in bed today. I, I just, I'm not strong enough. And I think I was really kind of reaching like, the last you know the, the last part of like what I had I have, I'm gonna try not to get emotional um, and a good friend of mine actually reached out to me uh, Robert Crusoe and mm-hmm. he reached out to me to tell me about something awesome that was happening with his business but we ended up talking and I just spilled everything to him and let him know everything that was going on and uh, and he was incredible he was just very encouraging, and he was like, okay, I'm going to help you, but here's the deal. You're going to have to pick yourself up, and you're going to have to put a plan together, and I'm going to call you in a week, and you're going to let me know what that plan is. Mind you, this was before Arch had 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 come to fruition, or I had been given this idea, um, and really, that was just kind of the hope that, that, that got me out of bed, and... Um, and I don't know what what I was I thought I was going to do or what plan I put together. I have no idea. But but two days later, uh, Robert called me and he said, look, I've got I've got a lead for you for a client." And um, and I said, OK, let's do it. You know, and he introduced me to this person um, and it, it things just took off from there. I mean, just 100 percent took off like. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, the idea for Arch was given to me because I realized that this was going to be such a big client, I wasn't gonna be able to do it on my own, um, and it was just crazy. Um, so yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, before before we go into Arch, I want I want to talk about a few things. I remember when you first told me about Vietnam, it was it was funny enough in New York where everything happens. Um, you'd come up to New York one time, and you'd tell me about that because you knew I'd lived in Vietnam and we're talking about that. Um, you, know, you, you were so excited. And this is a lot of things that happen with entrepreneurs where you get excited. You think you're taking your company to a different direction. And then you went into Vietnam and it wasn't what you expected. In fact, it was the complete opposite. Your health deteriorated. Your mental health deteriorated. The Time zones became even more real. Trust me, I know. It's over 12 hours different sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you have this moment where you're in bed and you need to pick yourself up. That's a moment a lot of entrepreneurs face because not a lot of you know entrepreneurs succeed. You said you had a good friend talk to you and tell you to pick yourself up, but he also helped you with, you know, connections and stuff like that. What would you say to that, to that, uh, to the importance of having relationships, the importance of acknowledging a failure, and then the importance of pivoting? Because it sounds to me like many entrepreneurs give up after the first time. But you said, you know, you failed. You had reached the point where you gave up. A friend reached out to you well, and I think... you leaned on him, and then it took off.
0: Oh, got a big. Why is that
1: so important to have that um, relationship facet? In there? I think,
0: first of all, that. Well, I think relationships in life are everything for anybody who really knows me knows that family is my number one in life. Um, I love my family. I love my friends. I love the people that are close to me and relationships are something that I try and build on a daily basis. Um, And Robert specifically is someone that I met while I was still in school and someone he was one of the first people that I told outside of my family that I was going to start a business and that I was going to you know, start a social media business. And he was like, it's going to be tough. Uh, Robert was someone that was kind of like a mentor to me. Um, I I could speak plainly with him. He spoke plainly with me. Uh, He was, you know, like a a brother that we would annoy each other at times. Um, But, uh, you know, at at core, we just we understood each other. So, you know, um, and, and Robert's also a man of faith. So I think that the fact that it was him who was the person who, like, you know, was able to help me, it just kind of it's like a full circle type of thing. You know, Um, I I, I don't think that I could ever, Uh ever look at Vietnam as being a failure because I. The deal is you have to step out to find find out. Right you have to be willing to make a wrong choice or a wrong step to find out if it's right or wrong. Um, I went to Vietnam expecting something and, and got something completely different, but at the same time, and I think even then, you know, before I left for Vietnam, I, I told my mom, I was like, I think, uh, I think God's gonna deal with me in Vietnam. I think I needed to get my priorities in line. I think I needed to kind of be taught a lesson maybe, if you will. Um, And I learned, I learned that lesson in spades (laughs) in Vietnam. Um, And you know, I walked out of that situation, I'm still gleaning, (laughs) Um, I'm still growing from that situation. I'm still, you know, I have a journal I write in every day and I'm still like, man, You know, this time, you know, like, just last year or whatever when I was in Vietnam or this in Vietnam or, you know, like, I I am still just – I'm so thankful for that time. So, you know. Yeah.
1: You know, and – yeah. That's exactly what I wanted you to to touch on because I I knew – that it was such a lesson for you. There are many, you know, no one's perfect, no one's gonna do everything right, but it's the mindset that you have after you experience a certain thing. I like that you said you can't consider Vietnam a failure. You know, you basically said, Well, I, I don't know if I can consider that a failure because you know I, I was learning a lesson, and it was a very important lesson for me to elevate. So it's it's very, very important for, for entrepreneurs, you're saying for hustlers, for people in general to align with their values. You have to remember the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing yeah. anyway. Absolutely. Align yourself with Absolutely. people that share that. <laughs> and then, you know, re, re-pivot if you have to. Is that correct? Okay. We got a question for the from the audience. It's from, uh, uh, if I can find it. It's, it's how do you balance stability uh, of well. income versus flexibility <laughs> for travel and other priorities?
0: Time zone plays a huge, huge role in that. Um since I've come back to the U.S., I've, my business has exploded, and I have chosen to put traveling on the back burner. Not because and, – and when I say traveling, I mean traveling outside the U.S. Um, I think that you have to determine for yourself, first of all, what your goal is, outside what what yeah. your end game is, as Mr. Carlos would say. <laughs> um And then determine if traveling falls within that at that point in time. You know, I actually came back when I came back to the U.S., I had plans to move to Barcelona three months after that. Um, That was what I was going to do. I had put money down on a place. That's where I was going. Um, But I had to change that plan because I realized that even though there was just a six hour time difference, that where my business was at at the time, that was, that was going to be too difficult. That was going to play an issue. And my number one goal was making sure that the business I was building had a strong foundation. Because my agency is a startup, right? It's, 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 and it's a startup that's compiled of a bunch of people mm-hmm. who are used to working on their own. So it's it not is- like you know, we're, we're bringing together a team who's naturally used to working with one another. We're, we're bringing together a bunch of very independent people who are learning to work together. So, um, my, my main focus was on my business and and additionally my health. Yeah. Um, and I had really started dealing with my health at that point in time. So, you know, it, mm-hmm. it all comes back to what
2: your goals are. You got, you got to start with the end game. You got to start with the end
1: game. Yeah, <laughs>
2: You know, that Ana Tayo, same thing. You know, I, I, I'm friends I, with both I of you. I completely agree. You know, that's something I profess constantly <laughs> is you have to have the end game in mind and build your strategy and your roadmap that aligns with whatever that end game might be.
1: Yeah. Yep. I want to take a, a minute to acknowledge uh, the Blab team here. I, be- I believe Con uh, is here. So, we want to thank you for showing up, and also thank bird. you all for your support. <laughs> you guys are watching, and would love it if you tell a little bird, chirp. or tell your friends on Facebook. Anna, we were, you were <laughs> yeah, you do. you just chirp, chirp. We were talking about uh, your your startup. You know, this is a startup you had. You decided you were moving. You changed.
0: Uh, Arch, well, Excuse actually, you're call Arch. the first client. How did that you start landing your Arch, first clients? What was the strategy was from the that? that? That Robert uh, handed off to me. And it just exploded from there. Um, it, it one lead turned into multiple leads turned into and, and not from Robert, but just kind of uh, that was that was a tech client um, in, in the tech space. And they loved us so much that they started. <laughs> they started getting all their friends and buddies uh, on board with us as well. So it just kind of it just kind of exploded from there. Um, and uh and we didn't have to go hunting for for clients. So, um, yeah.
2: So yeah. So Anna, I just I just want to put this context for for those out there in the audience. I actually oh, got to meet Anna okay. through all avenues, Snapchat. <laughs> and yeah, just, just so you guys know, I didn't know that Anna and Tayo actually knew each other. <laughs> and Tayo and I, we oh, go yeah. way back. Tayo and Anna go way back, so we get to know each other through Snapchat, and I see these snaps of Anna doing yoga every day and eating right, which really has inspired me, no joke, real talk, over the last few months to eat better, to work out, and really take care of my health, and it makes sense, Anna, with everything that you shared about your time in Vietnam and the health scares that you went through, but let's go back to your day-to-day. For those that don't see your snaps, what does a typical day in the life of Anna Hendricks look like from sunrise to sundown?
0: Well, uh, I have a I have a morning routine. I have a morning routine that is detrimental to my entire day. Uh, it's something I guard fiercely. It's something I have no problem getting up <laughs> much earlier for if I have to do that. Um, it, it's what I call getting myself ready for public consumption um, because I really need it. And, uh, that's, uh, I I get up in the morning. I I drink a liter and a half of water. First thing (laughs) I make my coffee, I get back in bed, um, where I I read either a devotional that I have, or or maybe a a book that has some, you know, some fundamental learning. It usually aligns uh, with my faith. Um, then I journal, then I pray, uh, then I exercise, I shower and I sit down at my desk. Uh, I have found that for myself, I'm an ADHD head. I got like 50 things I want to do at one time. Uh, But if I don't spend my time starting my day correctly, then I don't, I'm constantly chasing it for the rest of the day. So every morning is very crucial to me. And sometimes when I'm feeling lazy or I'm being maybe a little bit rebellious, like I don't want to do this, this (laughs) part of it today or whatever like the day just doesn't go as well, you know? Like it's, and I'm always halfway through the day, I'm like, okay, I know, I didn't write. Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Um, It's so huge though. So, uh, you know, I sit down on my desk, I'm typically working throughout the day, uh, till the evening. um, And and I like to do yoga in the evening or some other form of exercise, uh, just to kind of calm down my day. And I, I'm total nerd. I'm in bed early. I love to read. Um, sometimes I'll watch movie uh, if I'm wanting to give my brain a total break. Um, it just really depends. I spend a lot of time with my, my family. So there's that or, or friends. Oh. Yes, hey, you, you watch a movie with um, uh, as often as possible.
1: Chris Hemsworth, right? That, that's that's who you watch a movie with, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's an inside joke. That's an inside joke. <laughs> she is,
0: and let's a just say, let's Chris just Hemsworth. clarify so, that I'm um, not yeah. <laughs> typically a well, person who ho- like hollywood men. So,
2: <laughs> but, but, but
0: again, but Chris, it's just, oh man. Yeah. But it
2: gets to my earlier point. So Anna, we we've been like, connected and we've followed now. each other through <laughs> Twitter and the other social mediums for a while now. But I really got to know you through Snapchat and and gotten to know you as a person more so than the professional. But you're also doing things like Wednesday wisdom videos that you're putting on YouTube and you're putting them on Facebook. And again, this is a great opportunity for people to get to know you, for for you to give people insight as to who you are as a person, which in my opinion, when you do that, it really accentuates who you are as a professional and takes you to another level because now people really get to see the heart and the soul and the spirit behind the human. So for anyone out there that's looking to use social media to go ahead and tell their story or to let people peek behind the curtain, what advice would you give to them and what are some of the platforms that you would recommend for for people to be able to share that story?
0: Well, I think the best platform for anyone is the one that they're most comfortable with. The one that resonates the most with them personally. You know, the thing is, we all have this like, we all have something very unique, something that's very special about us that we're supposed to share with others that we're supposed to convey to the world, you know, whether that's through thought or action or words or whatever it is. Um, and if we don't put ourselves in the position where we can be our most true self, then that then that's not going to be able to, to come through to, you know, to be shared with others. Um, but in addition, I think that we need to challenge ourselves. That being said, uh, YouTube for me was absolutely, like, terrifying. I still get sit down for my Wednesday wisdom sometimes and I'm like... <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not comfortable being on film. I'm a lot more comfortable now than I've ever been. Um, but when I started that, it was like I had to bolt my feet down to the place in front of my computer just so I could hurry up and knock it out and, and do that Wednesday wisdom. Um, and I had always been very comfortable being the person behind the brand uh, when I was on my own. But obviously once I launched Arch, I had to become the face of my agency, and so all, I had to push myself out there, mm-hmm. and I had to start sharing things that I had never shared, because it was going to help people not just see the business side of me, but see what my core and core values are, what my my ethics are, you know, mm-hmm. what type of person I am. Because um, right. I'm a, I'm a businesswoman, but I'm a freaking huge goofball at the same time. And I like to laugh and I like to do a lot of different things. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's important that all of those things are conveyed.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I love I love the fact that you know you stay true to who you are. You know, you are a goofball. And you you see that on on Snapchat Wednesday. There's a serious side to you. You talk about that on, on um, Wednesday Wisdom, which you can all check on Facebook if you if you follow her. And then you know you're you're a businesswoman, right? And you, you run an agency that's you know that does a lot of things and takes you many places within the U.S. Now. With all this in mind, what are your plans for the future? How where do you see Arch? Oh, where do you see Hendricks? We
0: have the same birthday. Yeah,
1: no relationship, oh, wow. Hendrix, by the way. But where do you see <laughs> where do you <laughs> Oh you do have the same birthday? Well, maybe there is a relationship. I just uh, uh, well, but um, where, do sure where, I where do you see Arch, Arch, Arch right
0: Arch? now? Um Arch is definitely shifting and changing up gears. Uh for myself personally, um my birthday is at the end of this month. All presents accepted. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> sorry. What 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 day of the oh, month is it, Oh, Anna? oh goofball. Uh, November 27th.
2: November twenty-seventh. Make sure that you at a minimum send at Anna Hendrix. Just send me
0: some love. I'll be so happy. Send her some
2: love on Snapchat. What's your Snapchat, Anna?
0: Anna Hendrix. You can find me everywhere online at Anna Hendricks. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yes,
1: yes. Well, she's the only on a hundred. Yeah. <sighs> Black Friday. Someone pointed out your birthday is on Black Friday, so you I have. I didn't even to
0: know you. that. Wow. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> but we will. We, we, we will get you okay. a, lot of, a lot of gifts. you just be. <laughs> yes.
0: So, um, every year for my birthday. Okay. So yeah, I
1: yourself in the future.
0: Make one very huge goal for myself. Um, Last year, I decided to make my health my number one priority. It had never been. um, And when I say health, I mean eating right, sleeping right, and and make it a daily habit, make it a lifestyle, make it something that I need and require um, on a daily basis. Um, Because when we feel great, uh, we are our best selves. And that radiates into everything that we do. And I have... Thankfully succeeded at that that goal. I have rocked it out. I'm really proud of myself um, So this this coming year actually uh, I have decided that I'm going to write a book um, It's a book. I've been thinking about writing for several years uh, There was a, a couple of different things that I wanted to write about But the reason I hadn't taken a step is because I wasn't clear on on what my specific topic was going to be what the reason for the was and then, in addition, have an ending, and I have an ending now. Um, um I have a topic. I I know why I'm writing it, and yeah. um, and it, it's going to be a book about falling in love with myself, and and learning to love myself, learning to appreciate myself for who I am, uh, for the my flaws and everything, um, which, which just make me uniquely. Awesome. And uh, my work. The working title, which I'm really excited about, is called um, Falling in Love With Self, A Beautiful Nightmare. And uh, a lot of things that have happened in my life that have been very tragic and hard. But uh, my my main goal with this book is, is to inspire women to not only learn to love themselves in a healthy and balanced way, but learn to respect themselves um, and younger women specifically, because I think, you know, we're, we're like women are growing up in this Kardashian world where the pressure for them to spend all their time and energy on, on being beautiful versus, you know, being smart or figuring out what they can do for the world is just, man, it's, it's tough. You know, growing up when I did was hard enough, but now I just, I, my heart really goes out to, to young women. So I I have a story now, and I know you know what I want to do with it. So that's that's my future. Um, as of as of right now. Ana, I, I do
2: want, I I do want to sneak a question in there. You know, we are coming up soon on time, but as, as long as you're cool well, with us going for an extra few minutes, then yeah, you know, cool. I definitely want to get an extra question in, cool. So, um, you, you mentioned women. That's you know, a big part of our conversation today. Is you know around female empowerment. And I think you really embody that. So what advice would you give to any female out there who is looking to start up a business or has a startup or is even in corporate America trying to hustle her way up, up to the top of the mountain?
0: Um, My number one advice to any woman is going to be to invest in yourself. Um, and to invest in cultivating a sense of self, a knowledge of self, an appreciation of self. Um, really spending time with yourself, uh, you know, taking care of yourself and, and not just, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about our outside. Right. Because that's pretty cool. We can go shopping, get our hair done. I mean, whatever I'm talking about from the inside out, because this is. This is the part of us that's going to be able to truly impact the world women have a lot to bring to the table Um, but if we are not confident in ourselves and who we are as women we're going to try and be something that we're not or we're going to try we're going to get like lost in the competition of the man woman thing Mm -hmm. and we don't need to do that Um, I think you know past that for female entrepreneurs man, find someone that resonates with you, that you can lean on, that you can talk to. Um, Find a community that is close to you of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and get yourself involved. Uh, If it's women, awesome. If not, don't be concerned with that. What you're gonna want is a support circle around you, who's gonna be there for you. Because we we talk about like this cool, trendy thing. Oh, I have my business. But oh my freaking gosh, is it hard and it's lonely, and it's yeah. painful, and mm-hmm. it's you're dealing with depression, anxiety, yeah. and all these things that we don't talk about enough. And so people get in it, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going through this stuff, but no one talks about it, so I'm a, I must be failing. I must be the one who can't make it. And that's not true. You just need to get yourself into a community so you can share those feelings. People can give you that encouragement and help you to stand up when you need it. Um, Past that, I would say stay educated and keep loving your heart uh, mm. because. <laughs> do what? I was like, stay woke.
1: <laughs> I was like, stay woke. Yeah, that's I love just, it. A bad, 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 but that's right. I, I love what you're saying. Love, love yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself. You know, you and I have had conversations about this and the importance of actually appreciating who you are. And you know, I'm one of those deflectors. But it can actually become a detriment if you don't appreciate yourself or who you are, represent and recognize your strengths and actually acknowledge that. And that, that can affect you and grow in growing your business, whether you're pitching to someone because they're like, well, you don't even seem confident in yourself. Or it can affect you where you're climbing up the ladder because they're like, well, why would I? You no, know, you can't even articulate who you are. So I love the fact that you're doing that. But staying in that vein, you know, this pitch, give us this. Uh, Shark Tank style pitch of, of Anna Hendrix because you know, I know Arch is, is constantly evolving. But if I if you were to pitch Anna Hendrix right now or what you're I all wasn't about, for 30 that. seconds <laughs> and the timer is uh, now, what would you say?
0: Uh,
1: That's why I, mean,
0: I, I don't have a pitch for myself um, because I'm here to help, I'm here to give back, I'm here mm-hmm. to find out what difference I can make in this world for others. Uh, living for myself is never it's its never going to be enough. It's 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 boring. It's it's shallow. It's empty um, It's not about me. It's to to help other people and I want to take what I've learned I, I want to support people. I want to help them grow. I want to empower them and love them and help them love themselves um, So it's you know, I don't have to pitch in I'm just around hugging everybody <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <good. laughs> that's all good. It's all good. We we want to we want to thank you though for coming on, and please tell us where we can find you on social media and um, everywhere else.
0: You can find me uh, anywhere on social media at uh, Anna Hendricks. Um, you can check out my website annahendricks dot uh, There is a lot of blogging there, and if you are digging deep, man, you are going to see some some articles. There's some there is some poems there um might take those down one day and uh if you'd like to connect with the arch uh find us at archdigitalagency.com we're we're an incredible agency we've got a lot of love our clients end up becoming family uh it's it's just the way it rolls. so and and we do incredible things for them um so you, you can connect with us there as well
2: okay 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 loves Anna, you have been great. We actually want you to stick around because typically we do this uh, after show for a few minutes after we go off air. And I, and I know we have some folks here that have really enjoyed your chats. So if you don't mind, we'd love for you to stick around with us for a few minutes if that's cool.
0: No, I gotta leave. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm saying
2: awesome awesome all right so we've got one final segment before we wrap up hustle culture live but before we get into it I want to say not only thank you to you Anna you have been wonderful today we've really enjoyed your testimony and your story and and thank you so much for opening up with us for all of you watching us here on blab please make sure that you follow this woman because she is absolutely amazing and thank you to all of our viewers on blab Thanks for all the love that you've shown Anna, as well as Tayo and I. And just <laughs> want to throw it out there. Hustle Culture is on iTunes. We are currently in the new and noteworthy section. Thanks to all of you out there. Make sure that you check us out on iTunes. Leave us a review. And we are going to close with one final segment, which is our weekly Hustler Spotlight. So, Tayo, I'm going to turn it over to you. Who's one person? You got to drop a name that really stands out that you believe is hustling, grinding, and doing some big things. And Anna, we're also going to go ahead and give you an opportunity to do the same. So start thinking
1: of someone on your own. But Tyler, I'm going to turn it I, back I was just starting to
0: think. I'm like, oh, gosh, they're going to call me. Okay, go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, Carl. So I've got to pick the name up from the floor because it's been dropped. It's Roberto Blake. Roberto Blake Boom! is who I am um, I'm, I'm highlighting. Uh, my man's been okay. traveling and also doing a lot of things but he's got a lot of uh things coming up. He he positioned himself effectively where he's going to be headlining and doing a few tours but he's also repivoted a lot of what he's doing in his business. And he, his uh, YouTube channel, if you haven't checked it out, you should check it. out. It's amazing. It's got a lot of tips. It's, uh, it's Roberto Blake. Just Google him on, on YouTube. You have it. But it's got over fifty fifty two thousand 52,000 subscribers right now. And it's I was, he's actually over 60. Oh, it's over 60. So this is a guy that I don't think had 10,000 followers uh, at the beginning of the year. Featured so, by Forbes recently. Yeah. So it was also representative um, re- recently highlighted in Forbes. So I just want to... Give a shout out. He's also a previous guest on the show, so you loyal hustle culture fans can just go back to that episode while you while you listen, and then you can you leave a review right after. But um, yeah, Roberta Blake is the man I'm highlighting this week. Miss Hendricks. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, <laughs> <I'm> like over bio <laughs> <your laughs> props, like Lawson. Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to throw out some love to Mr. Ryan Pena. Uh, Ryan is someone that I actually got to know thanks to Carlos who kind of introduced <laughs> us uh, well you know said a hookup on on Snapchat, and we started snapping we're goofballs uh, Ryan has taken over the social media for mentor mate uh, but he's also handling the mobcon uh, brand and he is rocking it out I mean I not only greatly admire Ryan as a person and as a professional, but he is just incredibly creative, wonderful to work for. And I mean, he makes tech fun. So like, you know what I mean? He's killing it. Love you, Ryan. I
2: I kid you not. Ryan was actually going to be my hustler of the week. (laughs) Not only because Ryan is watching, but because I've personally gotten to know Ryan through social media over, over the last year. And what's cool about social is you can see your friends progressions. And he's one of these guys that stays in his lane. He's doing big things, but he's just such a positive being. And, and that's what I love about Ryan. And, you know, he's putting mob con on the map. He's aligning with people like you, Anna. He's, he's just doing big things. So, At I, Ryan Pena, is definitely someone to follow. And I'm going to drop another name. Yeah, yeah. Woo, woo. I'm going to drop another name out there. And I was at a TED Talk, a TEDx event, actually, last week. I was watching my good friend, Michael Brito, who we hope to get here on the show at some point. And I was watching him speak. And ever since we launched Hustle Culture, now every time I see people of inspiration, I, I reach out to them and I invite them to come on the show and I was watching this video at this TEDx event by Nancy Lublin, who founded crisistextline.org. And her, she, she did a TED Global, a regular TED Talk. And I was watching her TED Talk, and it almost had me in tears because she founded this, this nonprofit, crisistextline.org, where people who are thinking about committing suicide, people who are thinking about overdosing on drugs, they can actually reach out and they can seek help. And I tell you, it's just a great cause And she's someone who, you know, I definitely want to bring on the show and someone I see is hustling, doing great things and trying to change the world one person at a time. And that's real talk.
1: That is real talk. And, um, you know, just because we're short on time, I want to thank you all. Everybody, there were two shout outs to Ryan Painter. So obviously he's a man of substance. Please check him out. The other shout out Roberto Blake at Roberto Blake. You you can check him out. And um, definitely thank you all for coming on the show. This is going to be on YouTube as well as iTunes Stitcher blog talk radio. But as we always close, Carlos, it's as you're going throughout this week and as you're thinking about the day and as you're listening to the news or planning your next business, always remember one thing, use your difference to make a difference.
0: Boom. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hustle Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and keep on hustling.